Hello and how are you to so sports lovers out there? My name is Robbie Gillette and welcome to conversation number 27 of the Keeping It Real with Robbie podcast, where we chat all things from the mental side of sport to stories, laughs and banter. Whether it's the old pigskin or the old little ball, we've got you. Today I'm joined by Aki Tigers captain and legend Liam Green. And damn, I thoroughly enjoyed my chat as we explored the 2021 Aki Tigers Varsity Cup campaign in detail. From tambourines and songs to finals, his why as well as the future and everything in between. I hope you guys enjoy it. And as always, let me know what you guys think. Happy days. And, and I'll tell you why they're happy days. Because I'm joined by Ike's leader and legend, Liam Greenhall, a.k.a. Quadzilla. Uh, Cappy, thanks for joining me. I really appreciate it. Uh, there's a lot to get through, which I'm very excited to get through. Uh, but before we get through it, I, I think, I know what you're thinking. Uh, Robbie, where's that phenomenal cap and hoodie from? Uh, and it's from a local clothing brand called uh, Living Positively Apparel. Uh, who started up now recently. Uh, I'll put their Instagram at somewhere up on the screen there. So go check it out, guys, listening and watching. And we can uh, yeah, support a local clothing brand. Liam, as I said, lots to get through. Um, and I, I, I really, really am excited to get through it. Uh, but I know you're a busy man. Uh, and you mentioned that you were off to Scotland. I saw you, I saw you selling your car on Facebook uh, and everything. So it's pretty official. Um, why, why are you off and you're when, when are you leaving us? How's it Robbie? Just firstly, thanks for having me uh, on the show. You've been doing some nice things with us. I think you're a year old and you're doing some great things. Well then, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm busy off to Scotland. I'm doing a, a master's in sustainable development. Um, I'm kind of considered a professional student. So I'm moving also, I'm going to the UK on a rugby scholarship with, uh, I think three other UCT Oaks. Um, and yeah, excited to go leaving on Saturday. Wow, uh, and yeah, four years in Scotland is going to be really nice. Damn, and is the what's the plan after that? Is it to stay there, or, or definitely come back, or what? Just not too sure. I just know there's a lot of opportunities there. <laughs> I look on Instagram every every second oh, it's on their way to the UK now, so I think there's <laughs> a lot of opportunities that side, work wise, rugby wise. I'm I'm pretty open, so I'm just gonna enjoy the year and see see where it takes me afterwards. Okay, cool. No, that that's really exciting, uh, and I, I was telling, I was, I was saying earlier that um, you know, I try to get you on, like I think like the day before the Varsity Cup final because I, I got my dates wrong, uh, and I was saying like you know I think it's probably a good thing that I didn't get you on the day before just because now we can maybe take a deeper dive into you know the whole campaign, and, and now that the dust has settled, I guess you know I, I think where it would be only fitting to start is right at the beginning with you guys. And like, when, when did the whole Varsity Cup campaign start for you guys? And how did you navigate the space around pre-season and COVID? Yes, Robbie, when did it start? Well, with the pandemic and how last, the last Varsity Cup got abruptly stopped, like, mm. it kind of felt like it never, it never did stop for us. Like, as soon as the, the pandemic and the lockdown happened, we were already in meetings. We were meeting once a week as a team and... So, like, if you want to be official about this year's Varsity Cup, we started, I think we started gymming around October. So we had meetings as a team, like, for months in, in advance to that. And we were playing touch rugby in Hamilton's, and it was a bit of a mess, but we were always engaging at least on Zoom uh, once a week from, like, September. Mm-hmm. And were the guys, like, um, into that, or was it a bit, like, did you have to get quite a bit of, um, or have to do quite a bit of convincing uh, to get a buy-in from the guys? Um, geez, well, as you imagine, COVID, we didn't really have a lot of options. Like, it was kind of Zoom or get COVID when you see each other. So, yeah. I think, boys, with the hunger to actually win, and we left on a good note when we stopped last year's Varsity Cup. Mm. I think there was immediate buy-in from the, from the get-go. Jess, so 
were even the guys who were literally with computers like myself were, were up and about keen on Zoom getting involved. So yeah, it didn't take a lot to, to get the folks motivated to take part. Yeah, and I would say I've, Zoom has been like part of my life now. Eh? Um, but, you know, I, I've watched quite a few of uh, Tom, a uh, UCT coach, for you guys that don't know, uh, has a podcast as well, Leadership One, and he speaks quite often about like deepening connections and how important those things are. Uh, how important were you know, the two things that instantly come to mind with the with the song you guys released on YouTube, and then the the tambourine, which which got quite a bit of attention during Varsity Cup. How, how important were those things in terms of deepening those connections, especially having to do you know like Zoom uh, preseason on Zoom for the first like however many months. Yo, probably it was tough. Eh? <laughs> Tom, Tom, that should be my coach. Well, he coached me in first year back in 2016, so we've known each other for long. Mm. And ever since back then, he's had two main things as to why he plays a game of rugby and why he coaches it. And the first is to win, and the second is to social and to social wealth. Um, and continue to play to him. Social wealth. Didn't have any social. You no, know, you have to social wealth. It's <laughs> like his his bread and butter. Um, and with the pandemic, obviously we couldn't do that. We had one social. I think it was in like it was early in the preseason, like in September. We went to the the Mowbray Bowling Club or the Bowls Club, and. We had our first social, and then we had like 10 COVID positive cases after that. <laughs> so like we were learning on the go, and like a bit of panic here and there. So like we, we had to sacrifice the socializing quite a bit, um, and it was really tough. But I believe, and Tom also believes, I think a lot of people believe that if you, if you are like super tight off the field, or directly or left to how you play on the field, like it doesn't matter if you have good players or bad players, if, if you tight off the field, like it directly responds to how you play on the field. So. Yeah, I think I think we did quite well in that respect, adapting to Zoom um, and still getting in touch with each other. Like Tom has his ways, genius ways of of getting competitive and chatting to each other, even if it's about little things. So yeah, we did quite well, I think. Yeah, and I mean, like, if you don't mind sharing just the the anecdotes around the the tambourine and the the song, why was it? Why why those two things? Well, to start for the song, in, back in 2008, UCT wanted to like improve their culture and give something to like, I don't know, just enhance it. So they so they organised at the at the music faculty in UCT for someone to write write UCT a song or the UCT Rugby Club a song, uh, and they they wrote one called uh, Warrior Poet, and it, the words were quite like, and Oak actually bought into it, and then they made it a thing where they they sang it after every win over the okay. years, okay. Uh, and even when I came. When I came into 2016, it was the first thing you learn when you when you play for, for the young guys under 20 side. You learn the, the warrior poet words. <laughs> Tom forced us to learn it in in the preseason in the young guns, and if you didn't know it, you won't suck. So, um, so I actually know the song really well, uh, but it was a bit how can I say? It was like rock and roll themes, or like I don't know, like it wasn't really inclusive. So Tom thought this year to add to add to our culture and get everything all inclusive, get everyone buying into our song, especially the new guys. Mm. He decided to record a new version of the song. It's just the, the players singing, which was pretty sick. It was a sick experience for Oaks. I don't know how like recording music works. Um, and we have, it actually shows that we have a bit of talent in the team because Oaks can, can sing really well. Um, so we recorded we recorded a new version of the song. We inserted a, a monologue in the beginning that, in, that includes like three different languages. Ashton Adams added a rap in the middle. So like it's very flavorsome and Oaks bought into it nicely. We sang it a lot this year. Um, and we also made a mu music video, it's on YouTube. 
So I just got to check that out. Shout out. Listen. Shameless plug. Mask <laughs> <laughs> plug. Mask plug. <laughs> um, and then with the tambourine, one of the one of the management thought it would be a really good idea to to discuss with each other um, at the preseason camp and the It's like why we play the game. Like it's so important to clarify, like for everyone, like why do you actually play the game? So that's some more meaning to motivate you to do all the little things, all the hard graft, and, and I'll take you towards the end of the comp, which I thought it did. So in the preseason camp in Amarnas, we all sat in a circle, and we sat in little groups of like five to six oaks, and we wrote down on a piece of paper like the main reasons why we play. It was like, mm. wasn't that long? It was a short and sweet, two reasons why you play. For me, it was like, in memory of my dad, because he taught me everything about rugby, and also just like the socializing part of it, like it's super, it's, it's amazing for me to play the game. Um, so I wrote that on a piece of paper, put in the tambourine, and everyone did the same. Uh, and then everyone like voiced it as well. So everyone knew exactly why people played, and there was like a general understanding of the big why we play the game. And then yeah, I'm just here. Hey, let's go. We learn any beats. No, no. I see the dance. I have no rhythm. Yeah, we we put in the tambourine. We closed it up. We put in the tambourine to symbolise uh, togetherness and obviously our whole theme around music uh, for the past two years. So it really just worked nicely. And then I just ran off the field and we took it wherever we went just to to never forget why we actually play the game and like. It motivated us. It motivated us um, in the really dark times. You have to wake up at five a.m. gym session, and when you have to do late night analysis on a rugby team, on a rugby game and stuff. So yeah, it, it was quite meaningful. And then why was was it always was it always the plan to to have a tambourine? And then also like was it always the plan for you to walk on with it, or was that just something you were like, well, no one else walks on with a tambourine. I'm gonna walk on with a tambourine. You know, like. <laughs> No, I, I think I think the management they they agreed on on the general idea of of writing it on a piece of paper and storing it somewhere. Mm. Um, but I think it's it's a flippant old tambourine, so I think one of the closest just came <laughs> up with it and got like cardboard on the bottom because obviously it's just one side of the skin, so they yeah. the cardboard on the one side <laughs> and stuff and put tape here to stop the, the little notes from coming out and then yeah, the tambourine just stuck and it's nice and makes a noise. Um, to run onto the field, we didn't really discuss it. It kind of just happened. Seven. Like someone gave me the tambourine in the first game and then I just ran onto every every game with it and I thought it was a nice symbolism and, and it's quite special and different and that's what we wanted to bring to the competition. Mm, yeah. And, and so are the, are the notes in there? Were the notes in the tambourine when you walked on? Yeah, they're all here. Oh, it's that's very really cool. That's yeah. And then yeah, when you when you walked on with it, then was it just like quickly quickly walk off and put it down, or did you have someone just to give it to me like okay? <laughs> so like this awkward, well, you know. <laughs> it was a bit awkward. Couldn't play with it. I was destroyed. Um, and also couldn't throw it because of break. So I just call one of the boys some pitch it after we had a huddle. Okay, okay, like yeah. Um, and then, <laughs> yeah, yeah, admin. <laughs> um, what 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 would you say was different to this varsity cup that you guys were successful and, and you guys were pretty successful in the last one where it just got stopped uh what do you think was different in the build-up between these two um than the other ones where you guys previously maybe weren't as successful that you played in it's, it's hard to think about like i really think there's a yeah. lot of reasons but the first that comes to mind is just the personnel in, that made up the, the team and made up the management and I think Tom was the the spearhead for everything like he's the one that got the he got everyone for 
the, the management, like he selected the coaches and he got the right sports and conditioning coaches in. Um, and then he also obviously picked the right players uh, in the squads. And then he just got the coaches so tight and so tight that actually influenced the players to also be tight and competitive with one another. And like everything just influenced each other and it just turned out amazing. Like that's yeah. it's hard. It's hard to put into words. Like actually, so definitely the personnel, the personnel is definitely the biggest change within the past years because we've got a new coach, Tom, was a, he's been our coach for the past two years. And then I think also certain players left and so certain players came in and the players that came in were just like, just unreal. Like they have the right amount of experience and also the youngsters that came in were, yeah. were just perfect and, com- and confident and you know, everyone just complimented each other. It was, it was yeah. kind of weird. Like guys weren't used to winning so much. It's not really an Eastern culture. And like yeah. the new guys that came in and the youngsters that came in brought that confidence that it was just like it was normal to win, yeah. which is really cool and different. Yeah, you guys, you guys did really look really confident. Uh, but I also wanted to pick up on that what you said about like certain guys leaving, certain guys staying. Varsity Cup's quite a like a uh, interesting uh, competition um, because like you know, some guys are there to um, you know play Varsity Cup and then next year most likely be in the Curry Cup, or some guys are genuinely just there to I'm gonna have a bit of fun. Um, so how how do you how do you like because you're also not getting paid. Yeah, you're playing on TV, but you're just not getting paid. It's not a professional, um, you know, uh, it, it is professional, but it's not a professional setup in the traditional sense. Like, how do you manage to bridge that gap as, like, a management and a leadership group between guys who are, like, uh, I'm here just to, like, have a bit of fun, play rugby, get fit, and guys who, like, guys like, I'm going, I'm going to play for the box in two years, for instance. Yeah, that's that's definitely challenged across the board of varsity cup. There's such a high, such a wide range of different types of players and from different backgrounds and have different places they want to end up. And I think that's also another reason why we've done so well over the past two years because Tom, Tom's brought in that connectedness where we all just connect and and make us you know, helps us believe in one thing. Um, so like we obviously we have guys that are playing professional at the moment. We have guys the Bulls, the Cheetahs, someone played for problems the other day. So like. Guys, it's a great platform for guys to, to play professional. And then, like you said, guys that just want to have fun, guys that have come up from the NATOs and play Varsity Cup rugby, and exactly. keep that going. Like, it's, it's, it just caters for everyone. Um, and like, everyone has a mutual respect for wherever everyone wants to be and where they come from. So, I think that mutual understanding of everyone's why, like, links up and it just yeah. produces a great, like, synergy. What, what would you say your why is? My why? Um, my why is definitely... If, if, if you're willing to share. If you're not, that's completely fine. Yeah, yeah it's just... It's the, the main one's because of my dad. Like, he... Ever since I could walk and catch a ball, he would teach me how to play and he taught me everything I knew. Mm. He coached me when I was young and everything. So, like, every time I play rugged, like, it just... It makes you so happy because I think... I feel like I think of him and it's, oh, it's like a link cool. to him all the time whenever I play. And I always just want to make him proud and that sort of thing. Pretty emotional, but... That's yeah. the, one of the biggest ones. And then the second one is just like like the friends you make when you get on a rugby field. It doesn't matter who you are, but like as soon as you chuck a pillar around together, like you just, you connect. And also like the friends just last forever. Like I've made friends now that I've been invited to my wedding and stuff. So like it's, that's obviously the second reason. Mm. And you say, you know, like you feel a link to your old man when you're playing. Uh, is that... 
going to maybe motivate you to to take it further. You know, after the Varsity Cup campaign that I watched with you, I I, I told guys like I wouldn't be surprised if Liam gets a professional contract. Um, and if that comes about, you know, like is it something you you really want to like grab with both hands? Oh, a lot of people ask me that, but like I've never played provincial in my life. Like I've been to a few trials in under 13 and under 16, but I was injured for every other trial. So I've never played provincial. I've never had an agent or anything like that. Um, I've been approached by like one or two people post Varsity Cup, but like I don't really have that drive. Like for me, the the goal is always to use rugby as yeah. as like an instrument to study. It's, yeah. it's, it's done that and it's, it's served its purpose and it towards the end of that purpose now, especially after this Masters. Um, I actually do have a I do have a dream to play for Spain one day. To be honest. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah, because I'm I'm obviously half Spanish. My mom's from Barcelona, so I have a passport. Um, that helps. And yeah, and then a guy guy called Richie Stewart who was in the 2014 Aki Tiger side that won. He went to Bishops and he he had a UK passport. Went to Spain, played Curry three years, and now he's qualified to play for the national team and he he's playing he's playing for them, which for me is like pretty unreal like it's not a lot of money in it but just just to say that you played international rugby and for me to play for Spain like it's not as not as hectic as the boxing and stuff so like it's just quite realistic in my mind so that would be pretty cool that's the that's the hectic dream I have no idea how I'm gonna get there though yeah and, and I mean like hypothetically if the like if province approached you uh, and said we need a six um and then you, you we, we think you could take it further to the box is that is that something you would be interested in or would it be like a hard no? Yeah, it's, it's definitely not a hard yes. Like for me, I value my, my career definitely more than, than my rugby. My rugby is more from a, yeah. from a personal enjoyment point of view. Like I, I enjoy pushing my body and my mind and being as professional as I can. And I think Varsity Cup's given me a tiny little taste of professionalism. Um, but to, to do it every day, I think it will be quite tough. Like I have a lot of respect to professional players out there that, that do it every single day. For, for years on end, like my body, my body's not feeling young at the moment. I'll be honest. It's just like <laughs> like recent bubble playing three games in a week was tough. Um, so like massive respect to professional players. I don't know if I can do it, but I definitely I don't like putting limits on myself. So I definitely would like to try it one day. Okay, cool, sure. That's quite interesting. Uh, and mm. you just you, you mentioned the bubble now, uh, and. From what I observed in the Varsity Cup, and I watched, okay, bear in mind, I, I probably watched UCT and, and Marty's only. Um, but I, from what I saw, I thought the level of rugby was like ridiculously, like so good uh, compared to previous years. Um, and I think, you know, what, what the first thing that came to my mind was that, you know, uh, it, it's because of the bubbles, you know, like you go into three bubbles, you play three games in a week, and then you exit the bubble and you, you know, you can kind of you have time to go back and look and be like, oh, okay, this is what we're going to do. Just do a lot of analysis and fixing. Is that a fair assessment or am I pretty far off there? In terms of us being much better in the bubble. Well, to just the, 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 the quality of rugby being better uh, this year than previous years because of the bubbles and being able to look back and, and prep. Yeah, I, I, I think so. Like, although some may seem... Some may look at it as a disadvantage because you're playing such a short space of time. So in terms of recovery, player management and, and analysis, it's like quite rushed. But I think for students and, and and the coaches, it was quite 
intense, but in a good way. So I think it definitely did enhance the quality of rugby. Like we in the bubble, and the only thing you can do is either prep for rugby or study. And a lot of gents don't want to study. There's a lot of rugby prep happening. There's a lot of rugby prep happening. So in the bubble, everyone is like doing video analysis. I don't think there's a single oak that didn't look at, have a laptop out, looking at the opposition, looking at how they played. Um, and there was a lot of rugby chat at breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Like, okay, we're just constantly getting better. It doesn't matter within the, if it was within the space of two days. Like, we kept on improving game, game by game. So, you know, I think the bubble definitely had a good good um, advantage in that regard. And also, also, the fact that there was no boozing throughout the campaign definitely helped. It must have helped. Yeah. I we, went, we went a lot of boozing in the bubble. So, like, Oak's bodies were looking at goodness. <laughs> um, was there a lot of boozing after the final? Um, yeah, but like kind of like drowning your sorrows as mm. expected. Yeah. So like we definitely didn't go as big as if we if we got the W. You can definitely say that. Yeah, fair enough. And how how did you how did you cope with all the like being in a bubble, uh, doing your varsity work, having to play rugby, and then all all like the kind of extras that come with leadership. It was, it was a stress. I think everyone can say unless yeah. you you weren't studying properly. I mean, I wasn't. I was studying completely. Um, I was doing. I was finishing up my studies, so I was. I wasn't stressing that much compared to the other guys. Other guys were writing exams in the bubble and stuff. Uh, it's it's definitely a step up from general student athlete life, like from the previous years where you go to campus in the day and then you train in the evening. Like it's 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 more intense because you can't really escape it. There's no yeah. escape. Like you, you can't even go for a walk outside or anything. Like you, you locked in that in the res, um, in the res area. So uh, yeah, it was tough, but like you adapt quickly. Like it's, it's amazing how people adapt. Looking, looking from preseason, like we were, we were wondering like how are we going to play three games and study and do everything. And then like the first bubble came and it wasn't that bad. Like yeah, some gents struggled with academically, but like they picked it up now post. Mm-hmm. Cup. So, like, I think, I think it's advantage. And, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's amazing what you, what you can do when you put your mind towards things and, and use your time efficiently. Yeah, yeah, time management. Um, you know, what, one of the overriding themes uh, of you that I saw, or, like, in the news or whatever, was your leadership. Um, and something that Tom, Tom's raved about as well with you is your leadership. How, how would you, you know, kind of classify your leadership style and do you think like leadership or leadership's always been part of the Liam Greenhall mold or is it something you've had to to learn over the years personally I I mean I've tried I've gone to workshops and stuff while I've been at UCT through the the management and some guys are quite good with the, the sports psychology and everything um but personally I've never I'll be honest, I've never actually backed myself to be a leader. I've just always done my own thing. Um, growing up at Rondebosch, I was never captain in the age group. It was always Jamie King. And then all of a sudden, in, in first team level in matric, the, the head coach announced me as captain. I was like, sorry? <laughs> Why? <laughs> I'm really beaten now. Um, but yeah, it, it was new to me in matric. And then I kind of just realized that, that coaching in, in the trick just gave me a bit of confidence and in what I was doing and the guys were actually following me and I didn't realise. Um, so then I just took that into to first and second year at UCT and I, Tom Dawson's good also made me captain uh, in first and second year and I kind of just I just went with it and just backed myself. 
Um, I think you can classify me as a, as a standard lead by example. I'm not going to give you an amazing motivational speech, not my strength. Um, but for me, I like to, I like to know all the players individually. I have empathy. Um, yeah, and I just generally care about everyone's well-being uh, around, around the camp. So I'm going to, I'm going to try to do my best on the field and then off the field. I'm just going to take interest in everyone uh, around me. And that's, I just want to make everyone better. That's, that's kind of my thing. Um, and yeah. No, it's quite a, it's quite a cool approach to it. Was, was there much much of um, that motivational stuff like before before a game, like for instance before the Marty's game, the first game? Was it a lot of like you know motivational? Let's go, let's go, or you know like what what kind of was the the feeling like in the in the dressing room before? Um, when it comes to to the hectic, deep rooted motivational stuff tom that's tom's strength so tom would have would have a, a nice chat to us uh, before we went out in the warm-up um and then also there was a really 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 strong leadership group i think that's also helped us in the past two years around me so if if i wasn't feeling it on the day i'll just give a bum tap to someone and be like are you fine to take it this this game and they'll be like yeah sure or they would tap me on the back and be like yeah i've got something left to say to the Jets to get them to get them pumped before the game because you've got to have words before the kickoff. You've got to have Oaks amped and ready, ready to make that first hit, that first tackle, and that mm-hmm. first carry. Um, so it wasn't really emotional. It was more just like to psych you up. Like the players would do more the psyching. Tom would do more of the, the motivational stuff, the deep rooted stuff. Okay, cool. Um, now looking back now uh, and looking at your campaign. Can you identify maybe a moment or a few moments uh, where you had to kind of like step in as a leader and like take control or, you know, like for you, like for instance, say if you had to like, I don't know how the whole, when you have to speak to the ref or whatever, but like kind of a, a moment or two where you were like, I've got like, this is where I'm, I'm going to earn my stripes as a leader. Um, geez, well, I think where I had to step up personally and where there was a lot of pressure, so it's in those tight games. So at the end of bubble three, bubble one, we played, Play. We played UJ and we, we put in mm. like a whole different team. So there wasn't a lot of um, synergy uh, and cohesiveness. So we actually kind of struggled in the beginning. They were leading most of the game. And then like I had to, I had to step up in terms of just leading the Jets from, from a tactical and physicality point of view. Like we we're doing some things a bit wrong in terms of our cohesiveness. So I just had to chat like three simple things to the Jets now and then just reiterate just so guys would adapt in the game. And similar things had to happen against UWC with the tight game there. We only won by three points, like 58, 55, I think. Um, so we had to like, change our mindset tactically because going into the game, we, we had a plan and then <laughs> they showed something else. So we have to, have to adapt and that's where, where like the leaders have to step up, like myself. Um, and then also in, I think in the, the first Eagles game, when we were down in the beginning, and also in, in the semi-final and the final, like whenever we were down, I had to step up and, and just talk sense to the Jets. Um, my main thing was just keeping calm because it's so easy to panic. doesn't matter if, you, if you've got world-class experience. If you're in that setup, you in that position, you're gonna, it's, it's easy to panic. So my thing was just keeping calm the whole time, no matter, no matter what was happening. Um, and I think that's positively affected us like in the final. Like we were down quite a bit. Mm. And then we managed to score a few quick tries towards the end. And if we had a bit more time, who knows what could have happened. Yeah. Yeah. I think like, you know, now that you, you, you're able to look back and, 
kind of you probably wouldn't have analyzed it, but you know, in the final, what do you think uh, went wrong in terms of like you hadn't lost a game leading up, uh, and you, you almost looked like you've na- you guys nailed everything in the lead up, um, and then in the final, just yeah, what do you kind of think went wrong? Jeez, there's a lot of things that could have gone wrong um, that I think didn't. Yeah, I think a few things did go wrong and not go away. Um, there's so many things. Um, I haven't, I'll be honest, I haven't actually watched the whole game back. It's a bit too painful to watch it. Yeah, it must be tough um, to watch back. It's <laughs> still precious. I think I've watched half the game. Um, but I've had a chat to a few of the guys and Tom. And like, there's, there's a few things I would do differently. I think the first one is not to play injured players because watching mm-hmm. the bubble and the games and so close together, it's just some niggles. Um, but like we didn't want to, we didn't want to compromise in cohesiveness. Um, so that's why we, we went with that decision. But I think maybe in a different, different opportunity, we, we would have done it differently. Um, I thought we didn't adapt to their kicking fast enough, like in the physicality. Like in the second half, we, we, we matched them physically and we changed our kicking approach. We didn't give them the ball, we just ran it. And they, they gave us a few more points. Um, so mm. I think if we adapted a bit faster, I think it would have been a bit different. Yeah, it's quite interesting um, about that that kicking because I the, I remember watching the first half and, and they just were launching up and unders every every like what's it their fullback was just kicking so well and I was like shit this is not good um, but you know in, in the final I, the the, 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 the a, every twenty minutes is a strat break or something and the last one. Did you guys feel like something special like could be happening here? Like a what is it twenty fourteen where the whole yeah. thing happened? Yeah. Was it was it yeah. you know like whoa, are we are we gonna celebrate tonight? Like is it is something special gonna happen? And, and what was kind of said in that last twenty minute strat break? I think in every game when we were down, we always had this we never ever panicked. Like we always have this low, low key confidence that we we're always gonna take it in every game. It just didn't happen in the final. Um, so in that last chapter, we definitely had the confidence and we just wanted to stick to what, what we've always been doing throughout the whole competition. So we always had the confidence. We were never panicking. Um, but we just need to light that fire kick up our butts and just to get going and just to, to take the game to them, uh, which I thought we did, but just obviously ran out of time. Yeah. And what was kind of said in that, in that strat break? Jeez, uh, Can't remember. But it's profanity from our side. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't gotten there in the video analysis yet, but I can guarantee that it was a bit of profanity from our side, so apologies. Um, no, I think we, we just made a few adjustments to, to what we do. We don't really chat that much. We chat um, as a team and then pause and back and just, and just adjust our game plan because our lineups line weren't going that well. So mm. I think we had to, to adjust that. Um, and you'll just saw messages and then obviously just the general morale and, and keeping the boys hyped to finish strong. I, I know this wasn't in the contents, but I think I'll just ask it anyway. What, what do you think? What's the one thing that stands out or stood out for you uh, in the varsity, in the whole campaign, uh, maybe on and off the field? From a, from a team perspective? Yeah, or just anything that really, within that perspective, in that setup, something that just stood out for you? For me, it was just how this zero hierarchy there was zero hierarchy in our camp. Like, it doesn't matter how much experience you have, how old you are, how young you are. Like, there was, everyone had mutual respect. Like, it was, it was, it was unbelievable. Um, just to be in a setup like that where everyone's opinion matters, 
the, the, the day before the final, Tom sat us down and he wanted to, he wanted to everyone to say a reason why they, they think they're champion. And every single, uh, st- stood up and like every single person was respected when they spoke, everyone's opinion was valued. And like, for that, that might seem soppy, but like it actually means a lot within the camp and gets you so incredibly tight. Mm. So the fact that there's zero hierarchy is unreal. Like in the leadership group, we also have like second years and like first years. So like it, it just shows you like it, it doesn't matter how old you are. And the fact that there's a hierarchy means you know, solidly together. Yeah, I love that. How many how many guys are are staying over, or how many guys have left the the UCT group now? Do you know? You're quite a few. I don't actually know the exact numbers. But it's definitely more than last year. Last year we had a lot of continuity coming into this year because we only lost like three or four players, like obviously the seniors. And this year we've we've lost I think I think six off the top of my head, seven maybe. Um, but obviously the recruiting's in, in full swing at the moment. Uh, some folks that are on the fence. <laughs> if you had UCT and if you're on the fence, you, you're doing another year. If you have to have a solid plan afterwards, <laughs> otherwise <laughs> you're doing another one. <laughs> <laughs> How do you reflect on your, your varsity cup campaign uh, for, for Ikees and for yourself? And I think like at a macro, how do you reflect on your time at the UCT rugby club and maybe what, what does the, the institution mean to you? Jeez. Um, so for the first part there, um, the varsity cup campaign was definitely the best experience of my life rugby wise, besides winning the university world, Mm. Uh, a cup in Japan in 2019 that was pretty sick but I think from a rugby quality and learning the most and developing as a player like this was definitely by far the best experience um, to felt so professional in everything we did and like as a player I've never grown so much off the field to be honest like I've learned so much working with people like Robbie Fleck like the, the man's a flipping rugby genius like he sees things that just no one else sees in a rugby field so, so for that, I've learned so much and like just bonding with the guys as well. Like I feel like I made genuine, genuine connections there with James that I can chat, chat about in 30 years time over a beer and I can't wait for that. It's like the first thing I think about when after leaving now, it's just connecting with guys again and just chatting about it and reminiscing. Um, and yeah, that links to my entire experience at UCT. Like it's just been a, a life-changing six years for me. Like I've been there since first year and I've gotten like world-class degrees. I've got uh, undergraduates, I've got a, I've got a postgrad diploma, I've got a BCom honours, and now wow. I've got an opportunity to study in Scotland. So like it's the opportunities I've gotten from UCT are just unimaginable, and I couldn't be any, any more grateful and just happy to have gotten the chance and the nod in the beginning. So yeah, and it's and it's, it's because of a lot of people that gotten gotten me through the six years, um, and yeah, it's supported me and it's been unbelievable. So like I couldn't recommend it more. To anyone, any semi-professional rugby player, like a rugby player that is just have fun, a professional athlete that wants to go all the way, like it's literally unbelievable. Mm. What do you, yeah? What do you think of um, varsity cuppers, like guys using it as a stepping stone to to uh, go to uh, like pro rugby? Do you think it's it's like it, it's a good good route? Yeah, I think it's the best. I remember hearing about it in like grade ten and eleven. It's like you're getting the best of both worlds. You're getting a world class degree, and and you're playing like the highest amateur amateur rugby you can in South Africa. And like we we won the, the World University Cup in 2019, and like we went the best team around then. So like 
it just shows you like the level of what university like in yeah. South Africa is incredible. Um, so it's it's an it's an incredible platform. It's only boxes being made. There's so many gents that are overseas playing Premiership rugby have played Varsity Cup. So like it just shows like how powerful this platform is. And like if you get a chance, you you must try to stick to it and work hard. Mm, I also think like it'll teach you. Um... Uh, professionalism straight up you know like you have to learn how to manage your time uh, and 100%. yeah no that's crazy and i think the last question was like what's next for you and your, your rugby journey and all that but i think you know you, you made it clear on your rugby journey uh but i think you know what's next for you like what in an ideal world what what would we, we see uh liam greenall doing in the next maybe five years Jeez. next five years probably I've taken part in the Rugby World Cup for Spain, 2023, baby. Let's go. Corner. So, got a, got a dream big. Um, but I'd like to definitely play rugby as long as the, the body holds. Uh, it's like a place to professional in Spain, or in France, or in the UK. I'm going for that. Yeah. But I also want to like keep going with my, my career at the same time, make sure I'm sorted for afterwards. Mm, that's awesome. Liam, yeah. bro, th- thanks so much. I really like, I've genuinely sat here and like, been so interested and like couldn't wait for the next words to come out of your mouth so i really appreciate you taking time and i know you're leaving soon and cape town's a poorer place for it so we're going to miss you this side uh but yeah all the best for scotland uh, and i hope you uh, see some sun next year um but yeah thanks again i really appreciate it bro well thanks so much for having me you're the first and last person that's ever going to enjoy my chat so i'm really grateful for the opportunity to be here (laughs) <laughs> no, he's just a humble guy, that's why I'm <laughs> Lekker. Yeah, Shot, bro. Yeah.